Here we are, folks. Week 18 of the NFL regular season. The first ever Week 18 in NFL history. And we get to talk about it here on the Football Friday Show. As always, presented by our friends at Superbook Sports. We got the water bottle. We got the baseball cap. We got the crew neck. You should get all your swag when you sign up with Superbook Sports as well. Hope everyone's doing well out there. It's like 60 degrees outside after it was 3 degrees for all day yesterday, which was awful. So we'll see how everything keeps rocking and rolling. But we're excited for week 18 of the NFL season. We've got a handful of games to talk about, and uh, we are looking forward to it. So let's uh, settle in here for a minute or two, make sure we can get everybody in the stream, get our audience ready to go uh, before we start diving into the X's and O's as it pertains to week 18 of the NFL season. So... All right, one thing we want to go over, the way we're kind of break this up is I've got my eye on three games in particular and one award that I would like to talk about. I actually talked about it on the radio show a little bit earlier today, but it's a betting theme. I think there's an opportunity to make some money, and uh, that is the Comeback Player of the Year award between the race right now between Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott. So uh, we'll start off with that, and then in the next segment, the two games we'll dive into are the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. So two division games, and I guess technically three because we'll finish off with the Denver Broncos matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, going down tomorrow. And, and let, me know, let me know on Twitter, like, if you guys want or in the comments on the stream or whatever, like, do you like the fact that you're going to be put out of your misery as a Broncos fan on Saturday? Because it feels weird that they're playing on Saturday instead of Sunday, knowing the game means something for Kansas. I, I don't know. It's just like your last dose of Broncos football for the year is going to be on a Saturday. I think that's kind of weird. And a Saturday afternoon at that, not even a primetime slot. But, uh, yeah, okay, let's go ahead and dive on into it. But uh, again, if you're looking for a sports book to sign up with or you're looking for a new book to add to your sports betting mix, look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports. Guys, they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. I think it's one of the best sign-up offers in the game. They do a great job, great lines, and uh, some strong local connections here in Colorado. And if you're looking for a place to watch or bet your games in person, head on up to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk where our friends over at Superbook operate the first brick-and-mortar location outside the state of Nevada. So the Superbook in Nevada at the Westgate is world-renowned. It's the best sports book in the world. And for the first time, now that sports betting is becoming legal across the country, they opted to expand that brick-and-mortar style, uh, and they have a brand-new sports book up at the Lodge Casino. I know I'm going to be watching some playoff football up there. You should be, too. Make your first deposit. They're going to match it up to 500 bucks. But, uh, okay, let's go over some playoff scenarios here. Week 18 can be kind of crazy. And just a general thought on Week 18 spread betting, because that's what we focus in on here on the Football Friday Show. I think these books, if you want to bet on a team that needs to win the game to make the playoffs, the books are going to make you pay a price. I think there's going to be a premium. I think you're going to see inflation on a lot of these lines involving the teams that have to win. So I think there could be some value on some underdogs here, just kind of as a general rule of thumb. And we'll talk about a few of those games uh, as we progress. But I, I, I think, you know, maybe if a spread is like looking at Kansas City, minus, eh, that's probably not the best example. But you get uh, Indianapolis. I think Jacksonville, last I checked, they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Indianapolis needs the game. Jacksonville, I believe, is the 15-and-a-half, 16-point underdog in this matchup. I haven't checked recently, but, you know, what is this What is this spread for Indianapolis if this isn't a do-or-die, win-or-go-home game? I, ju I just think the 15, 16, 15-and-a-half, 15 whatever the number is right now, is a tad inflated, and I understand that Jacksonville has been in atrocity all season long with or without Urban Meyer, but that's just kind of how, you know, that's, a, that's an example of a line that I think is a little inflated because if you want to bet the favorite, if you want to bet the team with their back against the wall, I think the sports books are really going to make you pay for it, so that's something to keep in mind here. 
But uh, playoff scenarios, let's start with the NFC. Six teams have already clinched the playoffs in the NFC. Green Bay has locked up the number one seed, so they're going to have home field throughout. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are another team that has clinched, although their game against the 49ers can drop them all the way down to the five seed, depending on how it goes, or they can be the two seed. So plenty of movement there uh, for the Rams available. So Green Bay, the Rams, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Arizona, and Philadelphia. Those are your sure thing locked-in teams in the NFC. As we said, the Cowboy or the uh, the Packers have clinched the number one seed, and the Cowboys and Bucks have both clinched their respective divisions. So still some shifting that can go around in regards to seeding, but that's the definitive stuff that we know at this moment. Uh, in regards to clinching scenarios, the Saints are still very much alive, but in order for the Saints to make the playoffs, they need to win this weekend, and they need the 49ers to lose to the Rams. The 49ers, they can clinch a playoff spot with a win or a Saints loss. So obviously a little bit more of a direct path to the playoffs for the 49ers over the New Orleans Saints, but both teams still alive. The Cardinals, they can clinch the NFC West this weekend with a win and a loss from the Rams. So that's why that 49ers-Rams game is going to have plenty of implications for the state of that division and how it's going to finish out. And the Rams, they are in the driver's seat. They can clinch the NFC West division crown with a win or a Cardinals loss. So that's kind of how things are shaping up right now ahead of Week 18 in the NFC. The AFC is where things get very crazy. Right now, the teams that we know have all clinched the playoffs are the Tennessee Titans, who are currently penciled in as the one seed. We'll see if they can hold that. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, and the New England Patriots. All the other spots are up for grabs and there's a handful of teams vying for those spots. The craziest scenario would be the Ravens making the playoffs. And in order for the Ravens to make the playoffs, we'll talk about them in the next segment as well because it's going to be tough for them to beat Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Uh, no Lamar Jackson in this one. We've actually seen the odds on that move quite a bit. But in order for the Ravens to clinch the playoffs, they need to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. They also need then the Colts to lose to the Jaguars, the Chargers to lose to the Raiders, and the Dolphins to lose their respective game, I believe, against New England. So in order for the Ravens to make the playoffs, they need to win one game and have three teams all lose as well. So that's a bit of a stretch. The Colts... Theirs is interesting because it could be very simple or it can get very complicated. Indianapolis can clinch a playoff spot with a win or a Steelers loss, a Chargers loss, and a Dolphins win. So kind of two different scenarios, two different paths to the playoffs there for the Indianapolis Colts. The Raiders, this is a weird one. The Raiders can clinch with a win or a tie and a Colts loss or a Colts loss and a Steelers loss. So that's, you know, plenty of factors in there. The Chargers, all they need is a win or a tie and they're in. The Steelers are still alive, but barely. Big Ben's last dance here against Baltimore. We'll see how that shakes out. But the Steelers can clinch with a win and a Colts loss and a Charger. And as long as the Chargers and Raiders don't tie, that is how the Steelers can get in the playoffs. And then the NFC or the AFC East, excuse me, uh, the Bills clinch the AFC East with a win or a Pats loss. And the Pats clinch the AFC East with a win and a Bills loss. So uh, the NFC is a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more chaotic in the AFC. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we have an idea of the groups of teams, the types of teams that might be in the playoffs. Obviously, a lot more variance in the AFC than there is the NFC, but uh, this promises to be a wild week 18 at the least. But um, okay, before we start going into all the games, it's really a good talking point, and I think there might be an opportunity to make some money here, and that is on the Comeback Player of the Year award. And remember, there's, there's some bias in this award because it is voted upon by writers and different media personalities, so it's not you have the stats, you win the award, right? There's a little bit of, there's not just a little bit, there's a heavy degree of bias, just like there is in the Hall of Fame and all these other different awards, not just in football, all sports, right? But Dak Prescott was, I want to say he was like the two to one favorite to win the award before the year, started playing well. He got all the way up to, you know, I think minus 1,000, minus 1,500 uh, to win the award. And then obviously he gets hurt. The Cowboys look a little lackluster there for a minute. And now their offense, you know, outside of that good performance against Washington, the last handful of weeks, this Cowboys offense has looked a little you know, out of sync here, and that has opened the door 
for Joe Burrow to come steaming up behind him from an odds perspective with an opportunity to win this Comeback Player of the Year award. So as the odds stand right now, Dak Prescott is the minus 175 favorite to win the Comeback Player of the Year award. Again, it's his award to lose. But you've got Joe Burrow at plus 135, and I think I can make a case that Joe Burrow is way more deserving of this award than Dak Prescott. And I would like to preface, you know, I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. Dak Prescott is supposed to be my quarterback. The Cowboys are the team that I ride and die with. And I know you probably are nauseated at the sound of that, but trying to be a realistic analyst here and looking at the different games and looking at the performance, I I, I just can't help but think that Dak's national popularity and the aura of the star in Jerry's world is what's keeping him as the favorite. Because if you look at the numbers here, I mean, I, I, I don't get how you don't give this award to Joe Burrow, all things considered. Looking at it, comparing here, Dak Prescott, 4,154 passing yards this season compared to 4,611 passing yards for Joe Burrow. So a pretty significant increase uh, from Burrow to Dak Prescott. Touchdowns, 32 for Dak Prescott, 34 for Joe Burrow. Interceptions, 10 for Dak Prescott, 14 for Joe Burrow. But we also have to throw in the fact that Burrow's only fumbled the ball, I believe, two times this year and lost it two times. Dak Prescott has fumbled and turned the ball over six times this year, if I'm remembering correctly. So the interceptions and the turnover margin, you know, pretty much balance himself out. And then you look at total QBR for the season. Dak Prescott, QBR 50.1. That is 17th in the NFL. Joe Burrow, 54.1 on QBR. That is 11th in the NFL. And then the next kind of category that I look at is quality of opponent, quality of win. Who have the Cowboys beat this year? They beat New England, got, honestly, let's call a spade a spade, probably lucky to win that game, a game they probably should have lost. They beat the Chargers in Week 2 early in the season, both teams trying to find their footing. When I think of the Dallas Cowboys right now, I think about their losses. I think about the loss to Kansas City. I think about the loss to Arizona. I think about how bad they've played in some of these big games and how that's going to affect them in the playoffs. And if we want to give this comeback player of the year award to Dak Prescott, he needs to be a reason why the Cowboys are winning. I kind of think he's been a reason as to why they're losing. Their defense has been okay. The offense plays well against Washington. But outside of that, I mean, I haven't seen anything that warrants a definitive award for the Cowboys for Dak Prescott here right now looking at wins compared to the two the Cowboys have beat the Chargers the Patriots the Saints Washington and Philly those are their marquee wins they also beat Minnesota this year but remember that was a game that they they won without Dak Prescott so I'm not going to include that in, in for the sake of discussion here then you look at Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals they beat Minnesota they beat Pittsburgh twice Baltimore twice the Raiders who beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and Kansas City. I, I mean, it's not even close the level of quality of win for Joe Burrow and the Bengals compared to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And the cherry on top for me is where relative to expectation. What was the expectation for both of these quarterbacks and both of these teams this year? The Dallas Cowboys win total was set at nine and a half before the year. They're at 11 right now, so they surpassed that. But it's not like they're a 13-14 win team where they're setting the world on fire. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals win total, six and a half. They've got 10 wins right now, and I would put all of the wins that Baltimore or that the Cincinnati has put together, I think that they're more impressive than what the Cowboys have done over the course of the season. And, and when I look at the both quarterbacks relative to expectation, their numbers are relatively the same. I think that Dak Prescott has handicapped the Broncos or the Cowboys a little bit in recent games, whereas Joe Burrow has propelled his team to victory. This guy plays with a chip on his shoulder, bum knee, bum finger, whatever it might be. This guy gets the troops to rally around his energy and propels his team to victory. I think that Dak Prescott is a, there's a large, a large reason why the Broncos or the, why do I keep saying the Broncos? Uh, A large reason why the Cowboys have struggled, I think is because of the overall performance of Dak Prescott and the lack of synchronization in the offense. And it's not about lack of talent. 
Dak has CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott. I mean, Jamar Chase is a fantastic option for Joe Burrow, but we were also talking about a rookie receiver. I just think Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals have done, le have done more with less, and I think relative to expectations, Joe Burrow's level of success is more impressive than Dak Prescott's. And like I said, it's still Prescott's award to lose, but I'm looking at Burrow at plus 135, looking at the numbers, looking at the quality of wins, how they surpass the expectations compared to the Cowboys. I think Joe Burrow's your comeback player of the year, and I'm holding a Dak Prescott ticket for this award. I'll win a couple hundred bucks if this comes through, but sitting here, I, I just don't get how Joe, Bur how Joe Burrow is not this isn't a little closer. I mean, the, the, the implied odds here with Dak at minus 175 is just a little shocking to me. Again, it's a popularity contest, but that's my two cents on it as uh, we enter week 18 of the regular season. Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year. Still opportunities for you to bet it at Superbook Sports, so do yourself that favor and away we go. But that's segment number one. Wanted to just get all the housekeeping out of the way. When we come back, it's time to dive into the games. In particular, we'll start with the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Can Sean McVay finally get a win against Kyle Shanahan. We'll talk about that. And also, Big Ben's last ride. He's going to start against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore in what is expected to be the final game of his illustrious career. Should you bet Big Ben or should you bet the Ravens? We'll talk about that next right here on the Football Friday Show presented by our friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm Anilo Piro. We'll be back in just a few minutes. All right, 148 Mile High City. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Week 18. This is the first ever Week 18 in NFL history. And we're going to go ahead and try to get a good read on it from a betting perspective right here on the Football Friday Show, courtesy of our friends over at Superbook Sports. Hey, look, there's a trillion sports book in Colorado, but there's really no one better than our friends over at Superbook. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. It's one of the best promotions in the state, and it's really a great way to build up your bankroll. Maybe you're new to sports betting. Maybe you've only signed up with one or two sports books in your life or whatever it might be. Our friends at Superbook, if you take $100, right, and you give it to Superbook and deposit it in your account, they're going to match that $100. So you'll have a $200 bankroll to bet with. They'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to 500 bucks. So if you want to take 500 bucks and deposit it into your Superbook account, you're going to have an additional 500 bucks to bet with. So you can bet your $500 that they give you before you even start touching your own money. So it's a really good opportunity to build up your bankroll, and I think it's a really competitive offer. I mean, no more of these risk-free bets or odds boosts or whatever these other different books. You know, they're real gimmicks. Superbook is giving you an opportunity to build up your bankroll in a legitimate way and in a way that I think is the best for the player. They, they really want to take care of the player with that promotion, and you got, you're a fool if you're not signing up for it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, There's a lot of different deposit matches, but the $500 deposit match that our friends over at Superbook are offering is the best deposit match in the state. So do yourself that favor. Maybe you'll get some swag. I got this crew neck from them. We got the water bottle. We got the cap. Do yourself that favor, guys, and sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports. They'll match your first deposit. Buck for buck, up to 500. Okay, I'm nauseated. I'm not feeling good because the Rams were my preseason Super Bowl pick. If you've been reading the primers, if you've been watching the show, you know I've been pretty bullish on the Rams the entire of the season. And what team, there's two teams that I think are disgraces more than anybody. Of course my Cowboys are disgraced, but that's beyond the fact. The San Francisco 49ers and the Fugazi Seahawks. Those are the two teams that drive me absolutely insane year after year. It just so happens they play in the same division. But I find myself liking San Francisco in this matchup against the Rams. We actually saw this open up Rams minus 5.5 on Superbook and some sharp money coming in on the 49ers. So we've seen this line now drop down to Los Angeles minus 4.5. So a point of difference, not the biggest thing in the world, but it, it, it gives you an idea of where some sharp money was coming in early. So clearly enough sharps, enough people that know what they're doing saw some value in San Francisco at 5.5 and, a half and uh, you know, basically hammered them. And now we're looking at uh, San Francisco plus 4.5. So the ship has sailed on the best line. I don't think you're going to see it get back up to five and a half. It's been holding pretty firm throughout the week. 
But this is a big game uh, for both of these teams. You know, the Rams have already clinched a playoff spot, but a win here, and they're looking, I believe if a win here, they clinch the two seed. It's going to be hard for them not to get the two seed if they win this game. But a loss here, depending on what happens with Arizona and some of the other stuff in the, in the conference, they can drop all the way down to the five seed. So you're looking at having the second best seed in the NFC potentially to having to go on the road for your first game of the playoffs. So a pretty stark difference in advantage for the Los Angeles Rams. So you'd assume that you're going to get their A-plus effort this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, San Francisco's actually probably playing a little bit more of a desperation game here because they have not clinched a playoff spot. And they have a very straightforward path. Win and you're in. So if San Francisco can win this game, they're going to have a spot in the playoffs. Whereas if they lose, they're going to have to, you know, roll the dice with the New Orleans Saints and hope that they lose, which would then put San Francisco in by virtue of New Orleans' loss. But San Francisco, the, the reason why I wanted to select this game is, you know, when I started talking at the beginning of the show, you got a lot of teams that aren't playing for anything versus teams that are playing for something. Here's an example of two teams that are both playing for something important, which is why I think it's one of the better games to try to give a handicap or give a read on because they're going to both have to give their A-plus effort. Now, if you've been watching this matchup historically, if you're a fan of NFC West football, you know that Kyle Shanahan has absolutely dominated Sean McVay in their head-to-head -head history. McVay has not beat Shanahan since the year 2019. I believe it's five consecutive wins in a row now for Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on here. The Rams, though, recently, you know, in the middle of the year, they were really struggling, but they've come on strong as of late. They've won five in a row. They've covered in four of the five games in that span. And it, it, it does seem like... My interpretation of the Rams in regards to how far they can go in the playoffs is really going to be dependent on this game because it really is a playoff-type atmosphere for the Rams. And I worry that if the Rams lose this game, they might not be able to recoup, recover, bounce back next week on the road, potentially as a five seed. So I think that this is a critical game for the state of the Los Angeles Rams season. Obviously, their season isn't over if they lose, but I think obviously the path towards a Super Bowl or a championship or even competing for either for a championship becomes a lot more difficult the longer we go along here. So again, the Rams opened five and a half point favorites against the spread, now down to 14. And, you know, they've won five games in a row, covered four of those five games. But San Francisco's been on a bit of a heater as well. They're six and two straight up and against the spread in their last eight games. So it's not like they're playing bad football. I know one of those losses came against Seattle, which is a team that absolutely has historically owned San Francisco in recent time. So you can kind of discount that a little bit. But two teams that are playing some of their best football as we get closer to the end of the year. And well, in the last game that uh, San Francisco lost was against the Titans on Thursday Night Football which we gave the Titans out on this show. So I hope you tailed us on that one. But this is going to be interesting because I think it comes down to the level of play from the Rams and Matthew Stafford because the 49ers are dealing with a handful of injuries in their secondary. I believe they could be down potentially four or five different starters or complementary players in that secondary. So this might open up an opportunity for Matt Stafford to get comfortable, right? He's been a turnover machine the last couple of weeks and has been a big reason why some of the Rams opponents have been able to stick around in some games. So uh, to that point, though, San Francisco's already beat up in the secondary and San Francisco's defense has actually generated the second fewest amount of interceptions of any team in the NFL this season. So it's not like San Francisco's defense is rearing and dearing for the interception. So maybe this is an opportunity for Matt Stafford to refine his footing, get comfortable, and put his best foot forward. Of course, we'll see what happens. But San Francisco, you know, in this head-to-head -head matchup, they have owned Sean McVay and company. Kyle Shanahan has done a good job. Underdog, 5-0 and against the spread in the last five matchups. 49ers, 4-1 and against the spread their last five games in Los Angeles. 49ers, 4-1 and against the spread their last five games head-to-head -head against the Rams. And the 49ers are also 6-0 and in their last six games played in the month of January. So Kyle Shanahan makes sure that he's got his guys playing well. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of a backtrack with that trend. Again, 49ers, 6-0 and in their last six games played in January. 
I think the 49ers are a live team to win this game. And then that's when I, you know, kind of put this all together, look at the trends, look at the stats, look at the injuries. And I sit here and I think it's the Rams game to lose. Absolutely. But the fact that I can get over a field goal with San Francisco is very attractive to me. And like I said, San Francisco opened up as a four and a half point or five and a half point dog now down to four and a half. I can see them winning this game outright. And the fact that the Rams can go into this game and let's say maybe win it 23-20 and you can still cover with San Francisco, that's the side that I'm leaning to right now. It, it, I think the Rams are going to win this game. I would not be surprised if San Francisco won it outright. I'm not going to play them on the money line, but I am going to go ahead and probably fire them off here against the spread. That's my lean for this game is the San Francisco 49ers plus the 4.5. Again, the ship is sailing on the 5.5. If it pops up at a book, fire that off if you can. But I, I think looking at the history – Looking at how McVay and Shanahan have played against each other, I, I think you're going to get A-plus efforts from both teams. And I'm a little worried about San Francisco not having Jimmy Garoppolo, but look, Trey Lance looked good last week against the Houston Texans, and people want to say, oh, it's the Texans. You know, it's who, who are they? Davis Mills and company? Well, the Texans just beat the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. They also beat the Titans earlier this season. It's not like they're the worst team. They've put up some pretty good performances in recent memory. So I, I think, you know, Trey Lance has that opportunity to get settled in. This is going to be a big game for him against a division opponent, but I'm going to trust the coach here. And I like Sean McVay. I just like Kyle Shanahan a little bit better in this particular matchup. And I think, you know, they play different styles of football. We'll see, you know, if the Rams can take advantage of a weak San Francisco secondary and stretch the field. But we've seen a turnover-prone Matthew Stafford lately, and I'm just far from sold on the Rams despite the fact they're playing good football. This is either the first or second toughest division in the NFL. I don't see this being a blowout game one way or the other, which is why I'm going to go ahead and default and take the points here with San Francisco catching over a field goal plus four and a half at Superbook Sports. So that's my first lean, my first play here for this one. I like the San Francisco 49ers plus the four and a half against the Los Angeles. Angeles Rams. So get your bets in on the Superbook, guys. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks, meaning you give them 250 bucks, they're going to give you an additional $250 to bet with only at Superbook Sports. And if you're looking for a place to watch the game in person, head on up to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, which is everybody's favorite casino already in Blackhawk. They have the first ever brick-and-mortar Superbook location outside of the state of Nevada, outside of the city of Las Vegas. It's a piece of Vegas in the Rocky Mountains. Do yourself that favor and get on up to the Lodge Casino. I'm probably going to go up there next week for some playoff football. Hopefully I can see you guys there. It is going to be super exciting. So get signed up with our friends at Superbook. Get on up to the Lodge Casino, and let's go ahead and fire off some bets. But uh, that's the thoughts on the first game. Let's do one more, and then we'll hit our second break. The Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Emotional game. Big Ben's last ride, we expect. Obviously an emotional scene at Heinz Field last week. They get the win, although he plays like dog water. I think it's apparent that we're at the end of the rope with Big Ben as a starting quarterback in this league. And he's going to end his career potentially against the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Now, there's a bunch of question marks and a bunch of red flags for this one with Baltimore. Just came out before we started the show. No Lamar Jackson. That's kind of flipped the lines up and side down on its head right now. So the last line I saw was Pittsburgh plus three and a half, Baltimore laying three and a half at home. I think that's about right. I think it was Baltimore minus five and a half for a majority of the week, but we've seen the line move here quite a bit. So here we are. We're going to play Pittsburgh plus three and a half. That, those are the lines that we're going to go ahead and use here. But it's the last opportunity potentially to back my guy Mike Tomlin. And if you've been watching the shows, if you've been reading the primers, you know you know Mike Tomlin is the guy that I love to back more than anybody. That, that, that to me, he could coach my team any day. Mike Tomlin, to me, it, it, it's hard to get much better in regards to getting the most out of your players on a week-in, week-out basis, playing close games. I love what Mike Tomlin does as head coach. Now, the Steelers, in order to make the playoffs, 
they can't just a win here does not get them in the playoffs. In order for the Steelers to win, they need to win this game against Baltimore, and they need the Colts to lose plus the Chargers and Raiders not to tie. So there's a bunch of different hula hoops the Steelers are going to have to jump through, which is why you, you, you can't bank on them making the playoffs, which is why I'm looking at this game as Big Ben's last ride. So looking at these lines, last I saw Baltimore laying three and a half, Pittsburgh getting three and a half. Similar thought process here of, I think, two teams that have both had to deal, deal with adversity. And in this head-to-head matchup, I think the, why I also wanted to go with some of these divisional matchups is because there's some familiarity there. And obviously, you've got San Francisco and L.A. who play each other twice a year. Now you've got Pittsburgh and Baltimore who play each other twice, twice a year. Harbaugh and Tom, and I've been doing it for a decade plus now, and away we go. The underdog in this matchup, 21-7-3 in the last 31 head-to-head meetings. So that's a big trend skewing in favor of Pittsburgh here. Again, underdog, 21-7-3 in the last 31 head-to-head meetings between these two teams. Furthermore, the road team, which in this instance is the Pittsburgh Steelers, is 7-3 against the spread in the last 10 games played between these two. So that's a couple of big ones. And... The one that's really sticking out to me, and it's a trend that was that was applying before the line moved. So when Baltimore was sitting at four and a half point favorites, the Ravens have been favored by four and a half points five plus times this season and have failed to cover a single game in which they're favored by more than four and a half. So obviously it's down to three and a half. That doesn't directly apply, but it gives you an idea of the Ravens aren't covering spreads over a field goal all that much this season. So that's something that I've got to keep in mind here. The uh, the Steelers in that same situation where they're catching four and a half, they're three and two. So a winning record there. And I, I just think this is going to be a competitive matchup, a, a tight, a tight, tightly contested matchup between two teams that I think are going to try to play defense, run the ball, just knowing that Pittsburgh and Big Ben can't really throw it deep. And I just, I'm waiting for Baltimore's path to the playoffs is just so difficult. I'm not trying to say that you're not going to get their A-plus effort, but I I think everyone sees the writing on the wall. And we've seen Huntley kind of regress over the last couple of weeks. You know, his first two weeks in there as the backup, he did a good job of keeping the team close and competitive. And I think this is going to be another close and competitive game, but I I just think that Pittsburgh's in a little bit of a better place here uh, overall. In order for the Ravens to make the playoffs, they would need to beat Pittsburgh, and then they would need three teams to lose. They would need the Colts, Chargers, and Dolphins all to lose. I, I mean, do you think that's happening i i don't and i think you know while pittsburgh's path is a little bit clear I, I really don't think either one of these teams will make the playoffs when it's all said and done but again just some big trends here the underdog 21 7 3 against the spread in the last 31 head-to-head meetings tj watt is vying for a defensive player of the year award i expect a good performance from him and baltimore has just been ravaged with injuries all season long and it has kind of caught up to them here in the last couple of weeks they could have you know they that was a bad performance from them last week. And I, I just think the writing is on the wall with the Baltimore Ravens, who are my pick to win that division before the year. So I'm going to go ahead and lean with the Pittsburgh Steelers here so long as you can get them over a field goal. Once it gets down to three, that's when I maybe pump the brakes a little bit. And if it gets under a field goal, if you can get Baltimore minus two, two and a half, I honestly might consider flipping sides here. But I think over the field goal, division matchup, Big Ben's last ride, I'll take a chance and, lay the, and take the points here. I, I just think that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are in two similar situations. And, yeah, this isn't the best price or the best spot to take Pittsburgh at considering they were at five and a half earlier in the week. I, I, I still find some value on Pittsburgh over the field goal, just knowing how tight these games can be and knowing how the underdog is fared in this situation. And, of course, my guy Mike Tom is the head coach. So I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh here. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But for the two divisional games, I like the San Francisco 49ers and I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I like two underdogs uh, in this Week 18 slate. Again, both of these games mean something for all four teams. We'll see how it shakes out, and uh, away we go. So those are my thoughts on those two. Let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on it and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and their regular season finale against 
your Denver Broncos. Kansas City, the 10.5-point favorite against the spread. Pretty big number for Denver to try to cover. They are decimated with injuries, the Broncos are. This might be an ugly one. Is this potentially the last time we see Drew Locke as a starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos? It very well could be. We'll talk about that game next right here on the Football Friday Show. I'm Anilo Piro. As always, the show is presented by our friends over at Superbook Sports. We'll be back in just a few minutes. All right, rocking and rolling. Football Friday presented by our friends over at Superbook Sports. Welcome on back to the program. Two segments down, one more to go on this Friday, January the 7th. I guess this is technically our first show of the new year, so thank you guys for tuning in. Looking forward to uh, getting through the regular season, getting to the NFL postseason, which is where the fireworks, I'm sure, are going to fly. So if you're looking for a sports book to sign up with, guys, look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. It is a tremendous way to build your bankroll. Whether you're a new sports better, an experienced sports better, Superbook is the sports book for you guys. That $500 sign up bonus is just so, so awesome. And I think it's one of the best offers in the state. It's a great way to build up your bankroll. And look, maybe you don't have thousands of dollars to set aside to bet with. I sure as hell don't. That's why the deposit offer is fantastic because maybe you got, you know, a couple hundred bucks that you set aside for something that you want to do. You can double your money up. Take 200 to Superbook. They'll turn that 200 into 400 and away you go. You can bet that first 200 before you even touch your own personal money and see if you can run it up a little bit. So uh, do yourself that favor, guys. Our friends over at Superbook, they'll match that first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. And if you're looking for a place to watch these sporting events, head on up to the Lodge Casino, which I already know is probably everybody's favorite casino up there in Blackhawk. Our friends at Superbook have a brick-and-mortar retail location. TVs, as far as the eye could see, they've got their comfortable chairs. they got a full bar right in the middle. I mean, you could bet at the kiosk. You can go bet at the window with a person. It is just a little piece of Vegas up in Blackhawk. Do yourself that favor, guys. Superbook Sports at the Lodge Casino. Okay, I love to end it with the Broncos, although we're fading them this week. I, I just I, Look, here's a general rule of thumb. Drew Locke plays... I bet against. That's kind of the general thought process with the Denver Broncos right now. And before we even get to the Drew Locke situation, who is playing for the Broncos on defense? No Pat Sertain, no Darby, no Reisner, no Kareem Jackson. Oh, let me also add that Brandon McManus is not going to be playing in this game. This is going to be the remnants of the varsity squad with a bunch of JV players out there for the Denver Broncos when they take on a Kansas City Chiefs team that could be potentially playing for the one seed when it's all said and done. So I, I, I'm not worried about not getting the Chiefs' best effort. I think you're going to see the Chiefs come out. And even if they give a 50% effort, what makes you think the Broncos can cover this spread? What makes you think the Broncos can win this game? And I need the Broncos to win the game. I bet the Broncos to win eight and nine games respectively, straight bets before the year. They got seven. I'm planning to lose that bet. They're not beating the Chiefs. I, I mean, it, they, this team looks so lost offensively. There's no chemistry between player and coach. There's a complete disconnect across the board. You throw in the injuries that this team is dealing with. And look, maybe there's something to say that Kansas City is going to come into this game maybe a little tight because they know that they have the one seed potentially on the line. Denver obviously no longer playing for the playoffs. Maybe they're going to play a little bit looser, a little bit freer. That's always a narrative you've got to keep an eye on here in the end of the year. But I just think if you get the A-plus effort, which I'm expecting from Kansas City, coming off the loss last week against the Bengals, We've actually seen this line move in favor of Kansas City. It got all the way up to 11.5, almost 12. It's now back down to Kansas City minus 10.5. So, look, it's a big number. I know that Kansas City earlier this year wasn't covering those numbers, but before their loss to Cincinnati, I mean, they, I think they had covered something. I think they'd won six in a row, and I think covered all six or covered five of the six or something along those lines. You throw in the fact that Shelby Harris is also questionable. So many question marks and red flags with this Denver Broncos team as they take on the Chiefs. And honestly, injuries aside, this is a matchup that Kansas City has 
dominated in recent time. The Chiefs are 7-0 against the spread, or 7-0 straight up in their last seven games in Denver. Chiefs 10-2 against the spread in their last 12 meetings with the Broncos. And the favorite is also 4-1 against the spread in the last five head-to-head meetings. I mean, I can keep going on with these trends. Road team, 12-4 against the spread in their last 16. Chiefs, 4-0 against the spread in their last four games versus the AFC West. Broncos, 0-5 against the spread in their last five games played on a Saturday. I mean, when it comes to just looking at the trends, everything is telling you Chiefs and fade the Broncos. Just from what I'm seeing here, Broncos, 0-4 their last four games versus the AFC. I mean, this is a team that just looks like they're trying to get to the finish line, right? They want to get to the offseason. I think they want to try to reevaluate everything. They've got to move on from Pat Shermer. They're probably going to move on from Vic Fangio. There's a lot of question marks with this Denver Broncos team right now, which makes betting them, even at 10.5-point dogs, a little nerve-wracking. So I'm leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs here. There's just too many question marks on that Broncos defense. Again, no Sertain, no Darby, no Reisner, no Kareem Jackson, no McManus. Shelby Harris is questionable. I mean, where is the A-plus effort coming from? And I love me some Javante Williams. And look, I understand that Melvin Gordon hasn't been all that bad either, but with this quarterback and Drew Locke, I, I mean, how do you have any sort of optimism that this team can score more than 13, 14 points? I sure as hell don't. I mean, they, they look like a deer in the headlights this offense. And with Shermer running the show, there's just too many red flags for the Broncos for me to consider taking the points here, even though it is a lot of points. And I, so I guess my lean here is going to be Kansas City minus 10 and a half, 10 and a half. It's not the bet. You can't really even tease them down either because you can, what, get them down to four and a half. And that's not a really good number to bet a team at, uh, especially if you're going to tease them down and have to stick them with somebody else. So I, I, I just think the Broncos are trying to get to the finish line right now. And I'll, I'll, re- I'll rehash out these trends again. Chiefs, 7-0 and in the last seven played in Denver. 10-2 and against the spread their last 12 meetings with the Broncos. Uh, the favorite, 4-1 against the spread the last five head-to-head meetings. Chiefs, 4-0 and ATS their last four versus an AFC West opponent. And the Broncos have not won a game on Saturday the last five times they've played. So those are some of the numbers. Those are some of the trends. Kansas City having something to play for, coming off a loss. These are all kind of the thoughts that lead me to want to, you know, take a look at Kansas City here. But I think it's weird this game is on a Saturday. It's kind of unfortunate, you know. I mean, Sunday is football day, and, you know, the Broncos season comes to an end tomorrow. It just kind of seems like it's going to be a little abrupt. But, I mean, you know, they're not going anywhere anyway this year. So sit back, relax, get the popcorn ready, 2 o'clock kickoff here, and uh, away we go. So I'm leading with Kansas City. But just to recap it all, like Kansas City against the spread, I like Pittsburgh against the spread, and I also like the San Francisco 49ers against the spread. Those are my three picks. And then uh, in the early portion of the show, we also talked about Dak Prescott versus Joe Burrow. You can get a plus number on Joe Burrow to win comeback player of the year, which I don't mind taking a chance on just looking at how they've played and stacking the numbers up next to each other. So uh, away we go. But one last time, guys, if you're looking for a place to sign up with, look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks, meaning you give them 250, they'll give you 250. You give them 100, they'll give you 100. They're going to match that first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks and get on up to the Lodge Casino to watch and bet your sports in person in Blackhawk. But uh, Andrew, to the side of the glass, thank you for producing, doing a great job today, and uh, away we go. This has been our final Week 18 edition of the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. We're still going to be doing the programs all throughout the playoffs, but uh, you know, narrowing the focus, of course, as we get some good teams playing good teams, hopefully some tight spreads and uh, some highly competitive playoff matchups to talk about as we get closer and closer to the month of February, which, of course, is when the Super Bowl is. So that's going to do it for me. If you guys want to follow me on social media, stay up with my picks and thoughts. You could do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. And also be sure to follow all of our work here at MileHighSports.com. But uh, all right. 
That's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. And I've also got the full written primer, which has thoughts on every single game from a betting perspective. That'll go up on MileHighSports.com tonight. So keep an eye out for that one. But handful of good games. Week 18 is upon us. The NFL regular season is coming to a close. And I'm looking forward to making some money and getting some bets in with our friends at Superbook Sports. Thank you guys for watching. We'll talk to you guys next week.